1: are at the table, your coats go by the door.
0: You can kick your shoes off in that pile on the floor. I hope you wore elastic. Cause your waistband's gonna get tight. Take time's done We're
1: a night. Hi guys, I'm Ari, and I'm Sophie, and you're listening to Having a Night. Reviving the lost art of the dinner party. Season four,
0: all about weddings.
1: Oh boy. Hi, everybody. Here we are. Here we are. And you really dropped a big um, bomb on me this week because you requested the talk, the location talk, which gives me a lot of PTSD which we will get into. I feel like what is, I feel like you
0: have RTSD like real time, NT now time.
1: It's still going. I'm, I'm ongoing trauma Mm -hmm. triggering. I'm constantly triggered. The trigger is being held down with a piece of tape. (laughs) Um, you know, it's just, when you know what you want, it turns out that making a choice is much easier. I have decision fatigue, like you have never experienced just in the past few months. I think a lot of that's exacerbated with trying to plan a wedding in 2022, which is just this most insane year. But uh, before we, before we unlock, you know, my own personal trauma, (laughs) what what did you eat this week? Well,
0: I'm just laughing about like, if we, if we have any new listeners, you know, somebody pressing play on this and it's just launching with you being like locations. Well, you had to do it to me this week. <laughs> um I'm it's my kryptonite or not. What is kryptonite? Thank you. Mean? I never know. I okay, I have a, I don't know what kryptonite means and I think I don't fully understand using the word napalm in contemporary jargon because i remember john mayer being like talking about jessica simpson when they had a fling and him being like she's like sexual napalm which i was
1: like i don't understand because like she's gonna blow you up right i don't get it and And is kryptonite something you eat
0: i think okay okay here's my understanding of kryptonite it's superman and like where he comes from Oh, there's something called kryptonite, and it's bad if he goes near it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's there's a chemical, there's a chemical compound. But then at the same time, people talk about it like it's his addiction. Like it's like that's my kryptonite. Don't get me near that. In like a,
1: don't get me near that. Don't get me near like those chips.
0: Cheetos. They're my kryptonite, exactly. Or chips. Yeah. So that's anyway, what. I'm in LA. I just had an incredible sushi lunch. The sushi out here, it just can't be beat because in New York, the prices are staggeringly expensive, which I think must have something to do with like the distance from Tokyo. Like it's just further away from from Japan. And so I hope that's why because that sounds legit. That does sound legit. Right. And like that actually makes me feel kind of better about the fact that the only sushi in New York is prohibitively sorry. The only excellent sushi in New York is prohibitively expensive, whereas here there are so many places where you can get like an amazing meal for not that much. So that's what I did. It was so good. A little heavy on the wasabi. I don't love having a bite where then I have to sit there for five minutes, like not really chewing and just letting it do its action.
1: Yeah. And do you think it's like offensive if you were to ask uh, to like for them to go light on the wasabi? So I think it was
0: a mistake as in, I Uh think they just like, had a little too much on their finger and then just rubbed it on there as opposed to being a little bit more deliberate about the placement. Um, Cause it was just one, it was like one or two pieces where I was like, Oh, but no, I would never tell a sushi artist how to do his job. No, I, I would hope not. I wouldn't want to hurt anybody's feelings. Although there was a guy sitting next to me Like in LA also, I feel like most sushi places you speak to the sushi chef. So if you're sitting at the bar, you order directly from them. Whereas in New York, you order from a waiter, like you fill out a weird paper. I hate that. So you talk, you know, you order directly from the sushi chef. And there was a guy next to me who was so rude to the sushi chef,
1: which I was very. I hate that. I just want to go on the record saying I don't like mean customers. (laughs) Like (laughs) Obviously, Who who wouldn't hate that? That's that. Well, that can really put a. That can ruin your.
0: Yeah, TV. and it made me sad because it's also like this, you know, like a an older sushi chef, like in his sixties, and clearly he knows what the fuck he's doing, and he's so nice, and then this guy was just kind of being a dick, and ugh, just makes you sad. Yeah. I'm just like be nice, anyway. So that's what I ate. Would you eat? <laughs> What was the best bite? You got? Oh, that's a good question. Hmm. Oh, okay. I was, I was thinking about this. I think gobo is like just the unsung hero of sushi. Which, which I guess Canada? you could, you would only put it really in a in a hand roll. Just want to. I'm double checking what it is because i think of it as being it's pickled burdock hold on gobo japanese here we go yes thank god okay it is pickled burdock because i was like what if i say that i'm wrong it's pickled burdock so if you see it it's like bright orange and really long almost like imagine a stretched out carrot well then to me it's almost it adds like a woodsy element and it's a little salty so I had a salmon skin hand roll with some burdock in it, gobo in it, and I loved that. And, oh, my God, there was a piece of toro that was mind-blowing. Sometimes the fattiest pieces of toro actually are not the best, I find, because, like, the fat, you can almost not, – it's not gristle, but, like, it can be harder to chew, whereas, like, the medium-grade, yeah. like, yeah. salty marshmallow, I, I'm not – I am i do not know. I'm having such trouble, like, drawing parallels to other foods, but, yes just so, such a perfect texture and the oiliness and
1: yeah i just worth the price sometimes we were at a sushi restaurant last week that had was very very good but because of you know the plane having to go an extra six or seven hours i guess that toro was like 21 or 22 bucks a piece mm-hmm. i was like let's stick with the medium fatty and i think you're right it's better anyway yeah that was just my experience today what did you eat this week well, was a segue into this week's theme topic, if you will, uh, Chris and I went to our see this wedding venue that we really liked um, in Brooklyn, this restaurant called Frankie's 457, Frankie's oh, yeah. 457. Um, You probably know it. They probably sell uh, the olive oil at a Whole Foods near you, but it is one of these places that even though they've got a cookbook, they've got their olive oil they've still managed to stay such like a Brooklyn neighborhoody place. Yeah. Like it's still very affordable and it's just low key. And everyone who works there is nice. And they're not like just trying to franchise the shit out of themselves. Anyway. Uh, so that's looking like the forerunner in terms of our location, wow. but what we, yeah. And the food is just so good. And what we ate, we had, I'm on, I'm looking at their menu now. So they've got like, they have almost got an entire block in um, the Carol gardens neighborhood of Brooklyn. And they've got the original restaurant Spuntino, And then they've got FNF, which is their pizza shop. And then in the corner, they have what was prime meats that they used to own, but now it's Frank's wine bar and it's more just like natural wines and like some small, smaller plates, but, but big plates, just slightly different menu. So we went there and we had, I, you know, I think I talked about shrimp, shrimps, last week or the week before and i'm going to talk about them again because god i love shrimp we had some prawns a la plancha yeah. which means i don't know what that means Grill? i think it means you cook them on a plancha. sure because, is that
0: a stick so a, <laughs> is that a stick a plancha is like a particular kind of grill which is like a flat ah. but instead of having grates it's it's more like a, a griddle griddle griddle
1: Oh, well, shrimp on the griddle does not sound as exciting. Well, let me continue. Shrimp a la plancha with, okay, here's another word I don't know how to pronounce. Is it espalette pepper? Espalette? Espalette. 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 With espalette and lemon aioli. Yum. So it's just like these giant prawns, head on, shell on. They were kind of reddish, orangish, kind of oily, which is, you all know, is the best best looking flavor. Um, and just with aioli, it was just so good. It was, I could have eaten a hundred. It's the
0: perfect dish, but it does bring me into something that has really been rubbing me the wrong way lately. Okay. I know like we all get that. We hate when you get to a restaurant and somebody was like, have you dined with us before? Yes. We all hate that. This has been said a million times before and people are like, have you dined with us before? Can I explain the menu to you? Like, no, I don't need It's a yeah. fucking menu. I know if I, if I don't understand something, I'll ask. I am so, I've just hit a wall with a small plates. I've hit a wall. I don't want a small plate anymore. I don't want to share it. And I know we've spoken about this before, but it is really reaching a fever pitch for me this week where like, I'm, I'm pissed. I want to like tuck into something that feels like it's mine. And I'm happy to give a bite or two. I'm happy to like share a salad or like some bread or olives or whatever, but like I don't need a small plate that needs to be explained to me. Cause also then it's like really hard to cobble together. You know what? It's, it's the potluck of menus. Hmm.
1: It is, it can be, it can be. I'm just listeners. My jaws on the floor. I cannot believe our very own Sophie von Hasselberg is saying this. Really? It's well, I, you know what? One thing I think you are not addressing is, it depends on who you're with. Like, I don't want to share a bunch of small plates with like a group of, I don't know, people who don't also love small plates. <laughs> I want it to be like, let's just, oh, we really liked that little steak tartare. Let's order three more of them. Like, it can't be a situation of like, oh, this is good. Do you want them? I, so I think either like an enthusiastic group that's ready to throw down, or I love it on like a date. I just love, I if I'm like want, feeling sexy, and sitting sitting at the bar, I'd rather like, you know, variety is the spice of life. I'd rather like have a few different cocktails, have a few completely different things and really try out a menu rather than having to like order a whole chicken. The
0: only place, the only situation in which I find them to be acceptable is actual tapas or like cuisines that are actually made for sharing or with just two people. Cause if it's just two people, then it's fine. Oh, anyway. Okay. I'm sorry. I just had to have that diatribe cause I was getting upset about it. So Wow.
1: Locations. Um, This is a giant topic, you realize. We could have just stuck with like the farmhouse wedding or beach weddings or castle weddings. But but let's let's dig. Let's
0: dive in, because what do you think is the most important part? What 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 makes the location good?
1: It's that is such an impossible question because it has to do with what, again, what you think you want, which apparently I don't know what I want. And that's why I've contacted every wedding venue in America. Um, and how many people you have, you know, that's the first thing that's going to dictate what kind of venue you're looking at, whether you have a 20 person wedding or a 200 person wedding.
0: So I weirdly think differently, which is I've, to me, I'm like, if you have a place that means something to you, then you can choose as many people as will fit that location.
1: Sure. But you mean location in like the a town I'm talking about like wedding venues as like one yes. of the vendors that you mu- that one must choose, like, where is the actual reception taking place? Yes, I think if you have a special place, absolutely. Like Chris and I had, have a couple special places. Turns out there were no viable wedding venues there <laughs> because it's 2022 and they've all been um, sucked up by the bridezillas of 2020.
0: So what you're looking for right now, God, I cannot imagine like if you were supposed to get married in 2020, you're gonna wait, they're gonna wait two years. It's like, just do it. Who cares, whatever. Anyway, um, hot what hot take, hot take, but I wouldn't say that controversial, you know? Or no, maybe I just think
1: a lot of people are like, no, I will have my wedding my way. Exactly. I'm going
0: to, oh, I'm going to have a wedding. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wait, hold on. What did I want to ask? Okay. So what are you looking at venues for now? Because in case our listeners didn't listen last week, we hope you did. Ari's wedding is now different because she's going to be working on Broadway and so (laughs) understudying glamour glitz and glamour And i can't wait to be there i'm so excited um but so obviously because she's understudying she cannot just run off and have a wedding so what are are you looking at locations for now a new york party no you tell me
1: we're looking for a place um that can fit between like 50 and 75, because we want it to feel cozy. We don't want it to feel like we're in this sprawling space. Yeah. And we also are, you know, trying to save some money because it's very easy in New York City, because now we're looking in New York City where whereas we were not before. Um it's very easy in New York to find like um just rent a, a venue and have to bring in all the different vendors, like rent a space. And and then all of a sudden the price just like everything like sushi, the price just balloons and you're back to spending what you were spending on a 200 person wedding in Chicago with a 50 person wedding in Manhattan. So we're looking at places. I got real turned off looking at like these hundreds of venues that I looked at and contacted with um, the ones that like clearly were just charging a premium for using their space. That whole, I get it, like everyone needs to make a buck, but that attitude just like rubbed me the wrong way, perhaps just after encountering it so many times. So I'm, you know, now we're more drawn to something totally low key, casual, like a big dinner party at. A place that does dinner parties, so like a restaurant where I'm not responsible for bringing in the catering, bringing in the linens, bringing in the chairs, bringing in, uh, you know, every single element. A place that does this all the time. It's simple. So within that kind of criteria, a place that um, is chill. So we contact a bunch of restaurants and they're like, yep, cool, you can have our space from four to seven. And after that, it's a 5K minimum per hour. It's like, well, you're going to kick me out of my fucking wedding at seven or like, so just people, so Frankie's, they're like, yeah, just have your wedding here. You, the only rule is you, we have to, it's, it'll be on a Monday, obviously. So uh you've, it's got to end at 11, but that's it. Like, they're not like, we've got another party coming in. So you guys are tried to up the price per hour. And also there's no venue fee because there's just a food and beverage minimum.
0: Well, this, so this is something that I was thinking a lot about yesterday in thinking about, can you hear me? Some like Fritz sounded so weird. You're a little on the Fritz. She's on the Fritz, folks. She's on the Fritz, folks. Hold on. Uh-oh, I don't know. is
1: that you? All right, keep going. God.
0: Well, I'm going to be the one editing this, so I'll see how it sounds later. Um. Okay, because something that I was thinking about is that the reason why people choose the banquet hall or the country club or these places that to me are so sterile and have no personality is because they have everything there. Like there's already lighting. There's already a dance Absolutely. Hall. Stuff, which I think as an outsider to the wedding world, I don't really think a lot about. I'm just like, why don't you? Why can't you like choose somewhere that feels more personal? But the reality is, then you start choosing a place that's personal, and it's like, great. So do you have a lighting designer? Mm -hmm. I'm like, know how much it's going to cost to hang these lights. So I do think I think that makes it much more difficult. So yes, choosing a restaurant where it's like the food's there and the food is good. Just makes it so much easier, and it's like you don't have to think about oh, which which banquet chairs do we want? Like, right? Which? And it's like no, it's a cool restaurant that's going to have fine napkins. Yes, and like you're you're indulging in a vibe. Mm-hmm.
1: And yes. this, okay.
0: so this, I have many many theses about locations. It turns out one is. Yes. Be at a place that somehow means something to you or that you want to become, or that you want to eventually mean something to you. Yes. Like I'm thinking like, okay, Japan, I, I love Japan, but it doesn't like hold a special place in my heart. I would like for it to, So like, wouldn't that be kind of a great place to get married? So then every year you like have an excuse to go back to this beautiful place. You know, I don't know. That was just sort of a fun idea of mine. Um, yeah. I love that. My other thought was, Okay. That like, I think the location matters in the sense of like, what do you want your wedding to feel like? So for me, it was so important. I think for Harry and I, it felt important to be in nature, Mm -hmm. like to have the natural world somehow be a part of that. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's a vibe. If like I've got also the word way that people are using the word vibe lately is really annoying. So
1: I guess I'm doing it too. I'm sorry, but. I know I was thinking about this. What other word do we use though? Because it is so brilliant. It all like, I'm always trying to capture what, what a vibe is, you know, atmosphere. Atmosphere. Sure. Feeling. A day
0: like a beautiful daytime garden party is a, is an atmosphere, Mm -hmm. you know, like a, a sexy city vibe. Uh, oh God, I'm using vibe again, I, but I'm like, if you can just sort of zero in on the the atmosphere, the feeling that you want to have, then mm-hmm. I think like you can choose a location based on that. Yeah, absolutely. So okay. I think like you guys have clearly zeroed in on like, okay, we want it to feel like New York. We want it to feel like celebratory, but also kind of cozy in some way. And yes.
1: and like not like sh- I think we both are not just trying to blow everyone's mind. You know, the pressure of that, even though we never walked into this being like, we must have the best wedding ever. you you still kind of get, especially if you're working with a planner, it's we didn't want to have this big to do, impressive display of, you know, our parents' money. Right. We just wanted to be like simple, just kind of harkening back to a di- like an olden wedding in olden times when like things were not so insane. Like before the boom of the, we just didn't want to be suckers. I think.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. We just, we wanted to feel like this is a really fun time, but we're not trying to, um, we're not trying to, uh, for any, uh, hold on, let me reorient. We don't want anyone to like, have to break it down on a podcast, except me and you. You know, we're not trying to like get on a a bride podcast. We're just or on or you know, we don't want to be in bride, even you no know, offense. I know. Someone in this podcast was in bride magazine.
0: Yeah, but I wrote a piece for Brides magazine about how I don't believe in weddings. Um, what were we just saying? Oh, right. You're not trying to blow everyone's socks off.
1: No, we just want it to be like this is a great celebratory. Evening of our marriage, we are not trying to, w- yeah. We're- but
0: isn't it kind of wild, because I feel like you've sort of been on a whole journey of like, okay, oh my gosh, we're engaged. We're gonna start looking at venues, like, and I feel like you were really on the path to the like big, traditional ish, obviously, like as traditional as you guys would go right. wedding, and then circumstances sort of forced you to like not do that, mm-hmm. and not doing that do you feel a sense of relief or are you like oh I kind of still wish that we were getting to do no
1: right I mean I have moments of that but I think we both felt a major sense of relief and we always kind of felt like planning the bigger version of this a sense a bit of it like imposter syndrome like it it never really fit right on us you know it felt like oh I guess we should do this and and it I don't know. It didn't feel like we were really doing it for us. Yeah. Which we just, you know, I can justify anything to myself. I can I can convince myself that anything is the right decision pretty much. Right. You know, there's a line but so yeah, it, it's it was a relief and I think that because of the circumstances changing it really let us take a step back and narrow in on zoom in on like what we want and what our priorities are and also I hate to say it again but just the financial situation of it like we're both actors we would be having you know getting a lot of help from our families and we just figured you know rather than my parents giving me thousands of dollars for this wedding why don't they keep it or if they do want to give to me that money then like maybe one day they can help me buy a house right yeah, I didn't, I didn't want to spend thousands and thousands of dollars on one night when I can throw a dinner party any night I want. Yeah. Yeah, so back to the, the wedding vibe venue, I did make a note that like the, 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 uh, the vibe of the venue becomes your wedding vibe. So people, I feel like, don't realize that. Yes. And they're just like, this place is cool. Let's get married here. And not thinking that like now when everyone looks back on their wet on your wedding, they're gonna be like, oh, it was in this very cold marble castle or like it was in that lodge with that big elk head and, and your the entire vibe of your wedding felt very like woodsman to me.
0: I don't know. <laughs> If you get married in a warehouse, the vibe is gonna be warehouse. warehouse. If you hire someone who has really good taste and knows how to execute on that taste to bring in beautiful flowers and lighting and like talk about creating a vibe. I mean, that's that is you need somebody to direct an entire play
1: for your evening. I was saying before, I who who would have ever thought that when, when you get married, the first thing like you have to do to show the world that you're a married couple is like basically produce a Broadway play together. Like what, why? why? It's There's so many elements that go into it that I find are unnecessary. Yeah. But I am excited that you guys
0: are now looking at, at city venues and also at restaurants because I had here, like I had made it a little note about sitting city weddings and like, What's the best way to do a city wedding? Do you just embrace the urban, urbanity? No, not urbanity, like just the urbanness of it all. And like I had here, do it at a fantastic favorite restaurant and mm-hmm. then talk about forming a connection, free dessert for life.
1: And it's not what anyone else no one else told us about it. Like we, it's, it just feels after, you know, the past few years of living with Chris's parents who are, have been so lovely, but this just feels like, wait, we're just doing this for us. And it's where we kind of not where we met, but where our relationship kind of, you know, came into its own and blah, 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 blah. Um, yeah, so I think restaurants are a good, are, are a great idea if it's a special place you or you want, like, as you said, you want it to become a special place in your, in your future. One tricky thing has been finding places that I, I would like a bit of dancing, but I don't want to get hokey.
0: Okay, so I had a question about this, which is, do you actually need a dance floor? Because I sort of think people can dance anywhere, I think this thing of, oh, you know, you need to either rent a space that does have a dance floor, or if you've got a tent, have a dance floor put down, like, which is, I know, so insanely expensive, but it's like, people will dance anywhere. You just have to have good music and have somebody who's ready to start a party. What do you think?
1: I agree. One thing I did learn about when we were on the the bigger wedding train about putting down those little weird, like square floors is that it's for, um, like people who are a bit older with like, you don't want anyone, if you have, if you're renting out a warehouse and it's like concrete floors, it's just like, it's, it can be really dangerous. It's oh, a way to like protect the venue from getting sued. And I also think just from protecting your loved ones from like hurting their knees. Yeah, that's nice. But yeah, I think like if it's outside and if it's just, if, if the event is not like dance, Central, which so many weddings are, and you know, Chris and I are planning on throwing a much bigger party with just friends that will be more dancey. But this, I'm like, I just want to give family the opportunity to dance if they feel so moved, and more of just like a little sweet thing, not like a fucking banger,
0: right? Not a rage. Will it be at the restaurant?
1: Yes. So this, this, it was kind of like. A sign. They were like, we just changed the rules, or I don't know what happened, but because they used to not allow dancing, but now they they do. I love I don't even that. know what that means. Like I don't know if I don't think there's gonna be space for us to put put down a quote unquote dance floor, but it just means that you can play music loud enough and that they can't like tell you to sit down if you were dancing. <laughs> <I don't laughs> know. Uh, what's that? What's the Kevin Bacon movie with the dancing? I've never
0: seen it, so You know, it's like there's a town and they can't dance there.
1: Oh, oh, Footloose. You've never seen Footloose? It is Kevin Bacon, right? Yeah.
0: Yes. It's not Footloose. They won't tell you to sit your butt down. Um, Well, this actually dovetails nicely into my, I love that you guys are going to be all at one venue because (sighs) moving from one venue to another, no, 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 you can't it kills a vibe Mm -hmm. that thing of okay the ceremony is over and now everybody has to get on a bus it just people like lose their momentum you have to have beers on the bus if you're doing that beers Zuzus, white claws like you gotta have something to get people feeling like okay it's fine that i'm now sitting on a bus and like oh why does it kill the mood
1: I really, it really does. We've said that since day one. I feel like that was one of the first things we said in episode one, season four, like shuttle buses are the death of fun. Yeah. And you know, I had to like slap Chris across the face because he was like, I don't really like the idea of doing the ceremony here. Maybe we could do the ceremony somewhere else and then come here for the reception. And I was like, you shut up. I'm not, what about like? Also that's such a big where Chris, where we're going to like go set up and he's like let's just go to prospect park I'm like and what bring chairs or make your whole family stand and then get on a bus it just doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. Are we supposed to, what, what would we bring there? Who's bringing it? Like
0: Also this weird thing of like, okay,
1: now we're
0: married. So like nobody, you know, then there's the weird thing of like, well, nobody really like wants to talk to you and Chris because they feel like this is their special moment. But like, we're all on a bus together. So like, can we talk to them? Are we supposed to like ask them how they're feeling? It's just this, it sort of gets into like bizarro it's so territory. True.
1: It's so true. Yeah. Um. So I think- finding ways you can do all, all in one or like, I don't mind if we're in all in some cute little village or town and like the ceremonies over here. And then we walk on these cobblestone streets to the reception. Fine. Right.
0: If No, if I, I think if going from one place to the next is orchestrated in some sort of lovely, mm-hmm. sweet way, it can work well. But, like, in general, if you're loading people onto a bus, I think part of it is also like when you're feeling, you know, you and I have spoken often about like feeling so great and whatever we're wearing, like, you're feeling great. And then you sit yeah. on a bus <laughs> and you're like, I feel like I'm going to yeah. attract me. Like, it doesn't, it takes sort of the sexiness and like the adultiness out of it. Boys and love suddenly, it. That's why
1: men love it. They're like, oh, this is like going to a football game. But it's it's true, and you know what? As a guest, and as a bride, you know I'm I'm doing my makeup for nighttime. That's the worst when you oh, leave yeah. and get on the bus, and it's fucking fluorescent, and that's when I look the worst. You all look the worst, you know. Yes, you, you all me, look I, the worst. Not me. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I think try try and avoid try and avoid the shuttle bus. Find find a look a location or a venue where you can do everything
0: all together if you can do it do it but here is yes. a question what about the after party because often the after party which i think we're also sort of like aging out of the idea of an after party mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we'll see but like the after party often is at a different location and for some reason that bothers me less than the ceremony and reception being far apart from one
1: another yes Why is that?
0: Maybe because by that point, like you're so drunk that you're sort of like, we're going to another location. I feel like really need a
1: change of scenery
0: (laughs) because you've been at the reception for hours. Yes. That's so true. It's like, you've sort of been in the same place for six hours and then it's like the people who are ready to throw down are still ready to party. You're going to be,
1: you're not going to be with all everyone. It's a little self-selecting group. I think like the after party holds a lot of promise
0: because it's sort of like everybody is drunk enough that they'll say the things that they wouldn't have said Much at the reception
1: nice. oh well, i'm trying to find party. like a bar that might have some dancey elements or somewhere we can dance that's like within walking distance to frankie's and like not renting the whole thing out like just all showing up there like i think that'd be great <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. And
0: then you can always be like, and we're don't worry, like we're ordering pizzas or mm-hmm. whatever it's it is also people It's also a
1: Monday. I don't know uh, how many people are going to be there at like midnight. Me? Do I count? It'll just be like, hey guys, Chris and okay. I, I'll send an email like Chris and I, surprise, we got married with our families. If you want to come get a drink with us at this bar Monday night, we're going to meet us there at 10, you know? That's so fun. I think, and
0: yeah. I also think a lot of people would absolutely show up for that because- Oh, people will be so, and like an excuse for people to leave the house on a Monday. Um, okay. Well, all right. Something that we have not touched on is the fact that you have been to a bajillion weddings, called a, venues, I mean, called a bajillion venues. What have you seen that you have liked? What have you seen that you really haven't liked? Like, What were your turn-offs and
1: turn ons? I'm going to give a boring answer, which is that I, I've just felt so kind of meh at most of them. You know, I liked place with a strong uh, places. I like place with this, (laughs) with a strong sense of like Mm -hmm. who the, what they're doing. And then it would be like, oh yeah, I vibe with, I vibe with your vibe and we're going to vibe it out at my wedding. So we loved this place called Calicoon Hills, which is this very new, I talked about it on the show, kind of a new Catskills resort. So it's kind of got this like, vintage vibe but without being kitschy it's like supremely well designed by some brooklyn design firm and it's got some bright colors and it's very kind of chic but a little cheeky so i was like oh yeah that's me um i like <laughs> I, you know the farmhouse thing i understand the appeal because you go from going to see the country clubs and going to see the castles and going to see like the weird beach venues that are so um you know, the the look is so distinct and like one note. And then you go see an open farmhouse or a warehouse and you're like, oh, I could make this whatever I want. So, but then when you really start thinking about it, as you just mentioned, like then you've got to pull all the elements together and it just becomes a big to-do because the worst I think is the kind of default farmhouse barn wedding, which is just like fucking chalkboards, mason jars, Twinkle lights, fair, yeah, just all of it. And what is that aesthetic? It's just, it's its own. It's created its own, like wedding, cute little wedding goats. There, I can't tell you. The, we um, contacted contacted a quite a few venues that um, were, you know, bragging about their their goats. Like people, love, couples love to take pictures with goats. People do goat yoga. I'm like, I don't need. At first it's like cute.
0: <laughs> this is also what I mean about choosing a place that means something to you or that somehow feels personal because like what, then you look back at your photos of you with the goats and you're like, Oh yeah. That time we were at that place with those mm-hmm. random goats. It's, so, it's just like sort of this weird generic wash of like sweet and cute, but doesn't say if, if those are your goats, Hell yeah, you're a Hell goat yeah. cheese maker. Hell yeah, but like otherwise, it just feels extremely right. random. Right? And non- I think
1: there's going to be a whole generation, our generation, of people, you know, get, as we get older, telling our kids, telling our you know friends, oh, where did you go? Oh yeah, we just got we just got married to this random farm. It's like what? I don't. Yeah, it really. I. <laughs> I would like the place to have more significance, I think. But you can throw a rager anywhere. I do believe that. But it's just harder work at some places.
0: Yes. But we're also, I think your wedding, you're looking for now the rager element. But like weddings generally, it's sort of all of it, right? It's like, where can you have the special and the and loving and the family absolutely. And, the- and
1: that's why they all just become kind of a wash and kind of generalized because you're trying to accomplish so many different vibes so many different things um and for so many different people so one blessing in disguise has been because we're breaking it up and we're doing teeny tiny family low-key and then like big rager with friends then they get to be the two events that they are. There's an authenticity happening. Like one is not, we're not trying to appease also like random people who we feel like we have to invite to the wedding. It's like one One is one thing and the other is another thing. And they, there's no cross section. Cross section, intersection. Overlap, yeah. then diagram. All of them.
0: Yeah, so- I agree. And I think that that, but then that is the battle is like, how do you find a place? Well, this is where I'm like, so if you choose a location that only fits a hundred people or only fits 75 people, then how great you can only invite 75 people to the wedding. I think there's something of like finding freedom within the form of like choosing a location that feels special and good and like a place that you actually want to get married and you want to symbolize something to you or it does already symbolize something, And then being like, well, now I don't know. I mean, I, of course I can't help, but relate it to my own wedding where it's like, well, we can only have Mm -hmm. 10 people total. So, and of course that's completely different and totally crazy. And like the 10 people who got to be there wouldn't have been there if the world had been open, because obviously like many of those spots would have been Harry's family and like, Mm -hmm. it just would have been different. But I think there's something to be said for like, rather than trying to accommodate all of these things, figuring out what actually means something to you.
1: Yeah, well, you know, that's that's a life. That's my life's work is figuring out shit that means something to me.
0: I mean, I feel like I could say so many other things about location, but we talked about it being one location, not having a bus, like the idea of it being seamless, you know, sort of one continuous narrative, which I love, which just kind of connects to the vibe.
1: What about beach? Do you like beach weddings? Have you been to a beach wedding? Like where would your, if you did not have your wedding... What did you used to imagine your wedding? Where where would it have been?
0: Um I think okay, if the world had been more open, I s- weirdly still think I would have we would have mm-hmm. gotten married in a forest. That just felt really you guys love fairies. special to me. <laughs> so I think I would have I still would have been somewhere outdoors, but like Oh, you know what I was thinking about our wonderful friend Molly Hennighausen, mm-hmm. who we went to Yale drama with. And she Photographs outdoor weddings and like almost exclusively outdoor weddings, but they're yeah. so beautiful. And just like looking at her photos, you guys should follow her. I think it's Outdoor Chronicles. No banquet hall can provide the majesty of what nature can provide. And like, I only know, I know US nature better than I know other countries' nature, but it's like there are so yeah. many beautiful public spaces here not just, you know, of course, public parks, national parks, like, and I don't think that you need to be an outdoorsy person to bring nature into your wedding somehow. But for me, that felt important. So I think I would, we would still have done it in a forest or like somehow under the open sky. Yeah, good.
1: I mean, I think that I think it's like you're taking, you are a a marriage is like you're, you're taking this next step together. It's entering a new phase of life. It's like it's a commemorative like i we are deciding to join whether you have kids or not like we're joining our paths it feels very kind of cosmic and but also like very mortal you know we are marking this time like our our in a way childhood or single days are over it's just i think involving nature that's why so many people must do it whether they know it or not you know yeah one well, thing i think there's something about like
0: allowing yourself in that moment. I don't know how to say this without sounding cheesy, but like to acknowledge all of the things that are so much bigger than you and that are so much bigger than the two of you, but like it, it, yeah, it just feels more cosmic and spiritual, I think in some way. Um but that's just my two yeah, cents.
1: I, agree. I don't know. To be clear, we are renting out this they have a big giant backyard with a little carriage house. <gasps> so also, we oh. want outdoors. Yes. We, you always we say yes to outdoors. Yes, to outdoors. Well,
0: also, Chris is very outdoorsy, so yes. I'm not surprised. And outdoorsman. Outdoorsman. Um, okay. I think we got somewhere. Not that, like, any of these conversations need to reach a conclusion. A crescendo. Have you been to any weddings, though, where you were like, wow, now that is a place to do a goddamn wedding?
1: No. I don't think so. The weddings that I feel that way about are because of the people. It's never, I'm never like, wow. I I don't that feels like if you don't know the people well, then you're like, this is gorgeous. I think that's a good point.
0: Turns out it's all about the people.
1: Has nothing to do with location. Never mind. Location, location. I mean it's location as how does the location serve the group? And that's atmosphere and vibe, baby. Yeah. Um, I feel like we're getting a little pixelated and weird. I don't know why. I have one update before we sign off. So if you guys tuned in last week, we were talking about speeches. And Sophie and I hate giving a wedding speech on a phone. We would never. We're telling all of you, don't do that. And I um, heard a study today about how, okay, first of all, there's this thing called a eff- physiological sigh, which whether you know it or not like every five minutes your body kind of takes like a deeper breath that's just su- super wow. good for you and healthy and I think as as actors we are very familiar with with all with all the breathing stuff um and it happens when you're asleep and awake so they did this study and it turns out when you are reading on a small lit screen you decrease the number of these physiological size that you have so just like from a purely performative uh perspective you know the key to like the basis for any good performance is is your breath so if you're like literally not breathing enough your your speech ain't gonna be good
0: i think that's super helpful and that also made me be like oh because I think there's this thing of like, we all quote unquote, know that, that using our phones a lot is bad, but sometimes it's hard to know why, aside from the yeah. fact that they're incredibly addictive, but that is such a mm-hmm. concrete thing. Cause I, never, I also don't enjoy reading long form articles it on sucks. my phone. It sucks, but that's such an easy thing to be like, if I kind of go into that and I'm like, Oh, somebody sent me this article, I'll open it being like, no, actually no, because it's bad yeah. for me. Did I mention last week that, I was, that I've been reading this book called Exhalation? Well, I just finished it, and it's been, like, really making me reevaluate my relationship with technology. It's so good. It's a sci-fi series of short stories by Ted Chang. They're so excellent. Like, they have nothing to do with our current technology, but it's really been making me think again about, I don't know, just the way that I relate to my phone and screens. And I highly yeah. recommend it. And our sound is totally fritzing. You yeah. I don't sign know off. what's
1: going on, but wow. You snuck in a book recommendation. Maybe we'll, we'll start a having a night book club. I actually think that could be quite fun. I thought so too. I've been
0: thinking the same, like we're on the same page. Okay. I'm signing off before anything worse happens. We got, we'll talk to you guys yeah.
1: next week. If you have any topics that you want us to speak on, please DM us. Otherwise we'll think of something else. We always do.